Blog Talk Radio. in West Virginia, please meet and welcome my Wizard of Wandling, Steve, the Wizard of Wandling. Thank you for being on the show, sir. Oh, hey, it's good to be here. I'm glad that we're doing it tonight. Yeah, it's been a while. Seems appropriate. Last time we crammed four movies. Uh, This time the world was still moving. Yeah, they was. Yeah, we we were doing. It's a great episode. It's about uh, weird movies that are weird as cats, and you know, including Popeye and uh, Eric the Viking yeah. and the Cabin Boy. Uh, you know, so those were some silly films. Um, this week, mm-hmm. though, um, we originally were going to do an Alejandro Jornowski episode, which we will do at some point. I promise you. Uh, but right. because the world decided to go to shit. Um, we've decided to, to put that aside for the while until I have some time to actually really deep dive and do what I want. And instead we decided to trade two of our favorite movies. One of them was once upon a time in Hollywood. And that's Steve's favorite movie from 2019. And so I, and it's the only Quentin Tarantino movie film I think that I haven't seen so I watched that and I gave Steve Wandling Dolls from 1987 from the recently deceased master of horror himself Stuart Gordon by the way just so people know we know this that Quentin Tarantino is also on the masters of horror list believe it or not Um, so, um, so we have two masters of horror tonight to talk about but first A lot of us have quarantine on our minds, as you may know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. well, so um, I am unfortunately essential. So that means I have to go in. So I have not been <sighs> watching very many movies. 
I have been binging The Good Place, though. I just finished season one of I that. that so that it was pretty. It's pretty good so far. I start, started season two, so I do. I am watching something. Uh, but that show brings well, me up a little bit. It makes me feel better and forget, kind of forget, you know, quarantine. Sometimes it's good for that. I think. I was really surprised. Um, we have my Aaron Marie's mo- uh, da- oldest daughter is here, uh, helping us out with Grandpa oh, during cool. the pandemic, and. Um, right. <laughs> It's kind of interesting because I didn't realize Ted Danson still got it. She's like all a flash oh, yeah. for Ted Ted Danson. I and I, I was a little surprised. No, really? even with the gray hair, he's considered still super sexy. Something about Ted Danson's That's interesting. staying power. Yeah, I know. I found that interesting. A whole new generation is discovering the hotness of I Ted like Danson. It. it makes me hey. it makes me feel young. It's ah, good. excellent. Um, <laughs> And so I want, we're going to, we always do a recommend segment on me for nerds. And so I, mm-hmm. we, so I thought Steve, that we would talk about our favorite quarantine or an unusual quarantine movie you'd like to recommend right. while we're, and then uh, like a binge, something that you would, um, a good, a good long binge for a TV series that would be, you'd recommend either as a box set or something on, on Netflix. So, um, well, would you like to go first? Sure, I, I'd love to. Um, uh, for the film, for a quarantine film, I've always been really partial anyway to George Romero. Uh, one of his, I think it's a lot better known now, but it, it was a pretty big flop when it came out. The Crazies. Uh, it was remade, but I, you know, I haven't seen that remake. Uh, but the original. Um, if you haven't seen it, just briefly, it's uh, it's it's it, it feels a lot like Night of the Living Dead in a sense, but it's got a lot more of a science fiction bent to it. And there's a basically it's just there's a biological weapon let loose in uh, rural USA, some probably Pennsylvania, and uh, the military comes in and it kind of splits its time between. The military and how they're trying to quarantine this town off and and uh, you know not really do nice things to the survivors and the rest of the time spent with these people that are trying to escape the quarantine. So it's pretty it's pretty good. Uh, I would recommend it. I've seen both movies, I believe, but one, but believe it or not, the one I know better is the 2010 remake, and the only reason why I know it better is because. Timothy Oliphant's in it, and once again, dreamy, dreamy man. I, I yeah. watch anything that Timothy Oliphant He's is awesome. in. I was very pleased when I was watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and he came up in the film. Uh, you know, so <laughs> that made me very happy. And in one of the better scenes in the movie too, uh, which is awesome because he gets to do a western oh, scene yeah. with Leo. As if cool. Um, so, um, and actually, the the remake's pretty good. I think you would like it. It's uh, it's you know standalone film. It's pretty okay. So, uh, so yeah. But anything well, Romero does, I think, works as a recommend during in a pandemic, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I think that definitely there's probably better. There's probably yeah. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. It's kind of his wheelhouse. It, it's definitely his little house. I mean, what the only re- <laughs> yeah. except for Night Riders and Monkey Shines, maybe, but most of That's his true. other movies are are pandemics or zombies. So Martin, That's no, right. Martin still works as an infection parable too. So uh, you know, 
So Mr. That's Romero. A great yeah, Martin's That's fucked up. Movie. I like Martin. Yeah. Uh, so that one actually disturbs I, me a little bit still. I went a little bit more obscure. Um and mm-hmm. um this isn't the best quarantine film, but I think it's an overlooked one and I actually think it's aging well, especially considering our pandemic, because this is actually probably closer to the truth. Um and it's mm-hmm. um a two fours, um, It comes at night, which is a uh, oh. directed by an indie director named Trey Edward Schultz. Um, it's a story about a family who lives out in the woods by themselves in relative isolation during a pandemic. Um, we don't know exactly what happens. We know it's some kind of illness that you don't recover from, and it's pretty nasty and contagious. Um, and yeah. you can't tell, but they never quite explain to you exactly what kind of virus it is. Um, it could be airborne. It could be surface. We can't tell. Either way, uh, it's not really about the virus itself. Once again, like Romero movies, Steve. Romero movies are never oh, as yeah. good as the zombies. They're always <laughs> as good as the actors, right? So, um, right. you know, and that's totally right. and that's what this is about, is about a family and another family with a kid comes through. And uh, does their empathy and humanity prevail or does their survival instincts prevail? Um, it's a very bleak, <laughs> bleak, I'm not saying it's a fun ride. It's not. It is very, right. very bleak and very, very nihilistic. Um, it, some people call it a slow burn. I don't think that's fair. Yeah. But it's because it's very intimate story. And so I think that yeah. one right now, I, I've, been, uh, I've been going through my head and a lot of people have been like contagion by Soderbergh because there's the whole bat thing in that. And, right, um, you know, right. But, but of all these films, I actually think this one might be the closest to what's really happening now. Oh, I think that, that, I mean, even thinking about that movie makes me feel slightly uncomfortable. It's, it's really effective. I remember uh, the critical response to that was, uh, I, I really liked it. I'm with you, but I just remember a lot of, for some reason, I think it makes people uncomfortable because like you said, I think it really does kind of hit close to reality. Oh, completely. Um, and, uh, I, I, but, you know, cause it, it is about human nature and, and the decisions people make and, and, right. you know, the, and, uh, they make a couple of very controversial decisions in this movie. <laughs> and, um, yes, it's it, true. <laughs> it, and, you know, I, I also, this movie gets a little bashed, I think, because it got associated with the term elevated horror. When it came out, oh, like yeah. it was, it it and Vitch were the ones that he reasoned it for, which is bullshit. Horror is horror. It, you know, it, just I because agree. It's smart, there's smart horror out there. Yes, I will be first to admit, Steve. Oh my God, I am so first to admit that sometimes you have to dig through the shit to find a gem in horror. There's a oh, lot yeah. of crap of out course. there, but yeah, our I'll gems are. <laughs> oh my God, but our gems are beautiful. And shiny, sometimes warped and cracked, right. but they're always shiny. <laughs> sometimes mm-hmm. it's always. blood red, sometimes, yeah. sometimes it's black. It's worth the hunt. It's worth, like, the dive. Yeah, it absolutely is. And and A24 may be my favorite company right now. I know Neon is the hot shit because of Parasite. Believe me, Neon deserves the oh, accolades yeah. it's getting for its distribution company. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I still love A24. And here's a tip 
Do you have Do you have a Roku mm. device, Steve? I do. I that's what I have. That's what I use. Do you use Canopy.com with a K? No, no, I do not. Ah, okay. So here's a tip. Am I missing out? Yeah, yeah you absolutely are. If okay. you have a library card and your library is participating, Canopy.com is a free service. And you can mm. log in and sign up for it if you have a library card, and then you get access to a thousand, thirty thousand titles. A lot of them are dry, what? I'll admit, like like documentaries and things like that, and classic movies. But get this, sure. the A two four catalog is on there for free. Oh, that's and that's that's reason enough right there. I love yeah, I too absolutely. love A two four. Oh yeah, my God! Yeah, awesome. no, canopy.com. That's a good tip. High, high recommend on that app. <laughs> you know, canopy with a K. I, oh, All right. Yeah, with a K. I got it. Bad news is All that right. the Roku search doesn't search that app, so you have to go in and search it yourself if you're looking for a title. But if it's an old oh, okay. A24 release, it's probably there. Mother was dropped there. I saw Mother. On, I watched Mother on there, and I watched the that Ethan Hawke priest environmental terrorist movie. Oh, I forget first, the name of uh, it right first now. First Reformed. Yeah, yeah first, first Reformed. Reformed. That's where I yeah. watched it before the Oscars. Yeah, yeah I like that. I, I like yeah. that movie. I only saw that once. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> and there's some honest dialogue in that movie. So that, that's another movie that almost is timely. It's First Reformed, even though it's not uh, about pandemic, but about it is that. about the climate change and the environment. So that would be a good choice, too. So First Reformed by A24. Absolutely. So there's two A24s for the price of one. <laughs> that's right. And then Canopy.com, that's awesome. Yeah. You can't beat A24's canopy. catalog just at your fingertips. Uh, I, it, it, I when I found out that that was on there, I was in total another shock. I was like, A24 catalog! <laughs> and I just started binging yeah, it. Yeah, I don't and have I everything. Like, yeah, I don't I, have close brilliant. to anything. That, I, I'm just now pretty well. much... Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. No, no, go no, ahead. I was, I was just going to say, I... Just... I... <laughs> we <jinx>. Okay. <laughs> I was saying that I love that A24 is – this is one of the reasons why they're my favorite companies because they do shit like this. Absolutely. And, they, they, I mean, not everybody's going to do that at all. So, And, and they really make uh, probably – I mean, it's one of those studios I remember back in the uh, – a little bit further back, like Focus Features used to really excite me for a time period probably 10, 12 years ago. And that's what it reminds me of. I just everything they put out, I really want to see. So that makes it easy. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, Moonlight <laughs> is also an A24. It's on oh, there, uh, you know. So I mean, it, it's there's a good list of films. So go to Canopy.com if you have a library yeah. card. If you don't, you should have one. Uh, you know, yeah, and that's something you can do. Card, that, go binge some free library movies. Um, speaking of mm-hmm. binges, before we give our recommendations for a TV series worth binging uh, while they're in the uh, quarantine, um, there is something we should be binging very soon. I don't know if you saw on the news today, but um, South by Southwest is going to release their film yes. festival online through That's Amazon crazy. for 10 days. You have I to sign it. up. I really can't I know. believe that. 
good news is that they did put in the in the press release that the uh, people who put the movie, uh, anybody that gives that has a film that they're releasing, gets a screening free because uh, a lot of people were worried about that. So they do get the the filmmakers will get paid, which is good. Uh, but um, you that can sign up. Super good. There's it's in front of the paywall, so you don't have to have an Amazon Prime account for this, which is amazing. Uh, so you could, oh, but you do have to sign up for it. They haven't given it a date, but ten days to binge their festival. Um, I don't remember what was on the lineup except for Quiet Place Two. That's the only one I seem oh, to remember being on there. So that might be worth it right there. Um, so, uh, you know, but uh, uh, I don't know what else yeah, is on I, the list. I didn't even know that. That's great. See, I'm learning new stuff all night here. That's great. But isn't that amazing? I didn't know. I mean, yeah. I know. I, cause I, it's not like I get to go to South by Southwest usually, you know. <laughs> no. I, and always their midnight lineup at South by Southwest is usually so good. So, uh, so you know, good. I, I – <laughs> I can't wait to like like deep dive some films from you know I'm gonna be up way yeah. late watching those movies, but absolutely worth a, a quarantine binge. So, uh, oh, that's the perfect quarantine. And and I'm gonna go first in my TV binge because I know it's gonna be something we both completely 100% agree on. Uh, you know, go for it. If you want to watch something that's timely, ages well, has great stars, great fashion and eight seasons, I would highly recommend, if you've never done it, binging the TV series Buffy the Vampire Slayer, starring Sarah Michelle Geller. I think that, that when I was sick, I binged that show. So it was actually the perfect thing to binge. It is fun. It's exciting. It's aging pretty well. The fashions are 90s, but all the best kinds, early 2000s, late 90s fashion. Uh, so what do you think uh, <laughs> of my choice of a TV binge? Oh, gosh. It's something that I try to avoid talking about because I've ne- I think it's a great <laughs> choice, uh, but I've never done it. I've, I've never gone through Buffy like that. Um, uh, well, so, I'm still uh, going through Twin Peaks. You're going to have to go through Buffy. Now, granted, there's less yeah. <laughs> episodes, but arguably, I think it's harder to watch Twin Peaks than Buffy. You can burn through Buffy you episodes. Have a point. So. <laughs> you can't burn through season. I don't. I don't think it's easy to burn through season two of Twin Peaks. I think season two is obvious why they got canceled. I, I, I will I'm admit sure to you, it's been a slog to get to season two. For me, yeah, season so. one I think I breezed right through. And there's also a drastically like uptick number of episodes in season two. Uh, but uh-huh. season two, Lynch and Frost kind of abandoned it because ABC kept moving the schedule around, and so it just it, it, the storylines get really. You can tell that it's not the same people, put, you know, behind the scenes. So, oh, one of the the composers I, I, of Twin Peaks died this week. Oh, and yeah, Christoph um, Battle of Mente is still alive, but the the guy from the Christoph Pinderek is that his name Pinderecki? Is that how you say his yeah, name? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I know. He's, yeah, we'd have to look up his name, but he was a Polish composer, and he yeah, he was one of yeah. Lynch, Lynch's go-to men. Um, so rest in and peace he did, there. Um, yeah, yeah, he had his stuff was crazy sounding too. I remember on the return they had that infamous, now infamous like nuclear bomb scene where it uh, just keeps going on inside this explosion and. It's just got all all these shrieking violins is what I think of because I think he had music in 
The Shining or something, one of the big horror films in the 70s, too. And it just, I always think of that, like, just shrieking violins is what it kind of sounds like. <laughs> so it's so, very unsettling, you know. <laughs> well, at some point, I think you should, we should do a Repo Nerds, and it'll be a long-term one because you have to do all eight seasons of Buffy. I think I you would really. I'm glad that you. I think you would really enjoy the show. It's addictive. Oh, like yeah. Like it, it's absolutely one of the most addictive. Now the first episode season is episodic. Like there's no right. overall overarching storyline to the first season really, other than her oh, discovering that, that she. Yeah, uh, but but season two you start actually having. Uh, still episodic episodes and standalone episodes, but overall overarching storyline. So every season has okay. a larger a larger goal, um, and right. uh, and I I it's real. The first three seasons are kind of perfect. Like that is the perfect '90s show right there. Boom. Um, season four oh, is surprisingly good, but it's a little bit uneven. Same with five. Like, they were trying to find their footing. But season four has some of the best episodes ever of Buffy. Like, written and also introduced the character of Tara, which was a huge fan favorite. Willow and Tara was one of the first positive lesbian uh, couples on television. So, uh, it was nice to see oh, that I didn't Tara. Know. Yeah, and uh, Tara is also, and also first positive Wiccans that I know of. One of the first really? ones. Yeah, so uh, you know, so uh, season four has an episode called "Hush," which is if even if you didn't watch the rest of the season, Steve, go and watch that yeah. episode. It won't give anything. It won't give anything away because it's it's not standalone, but it, it introduces Tara. But at the same time, okay. it really it sits on itself, and it's a fairy tale episode um, where the gentlemen oh, and cool. they come around, and, and nobody can speak, so everyone is using. Uh, music and word, you know, and and gestures and stuff oh, to cool. get through this yeah. this fairy tale menace called the gentleman who rips the hearts out of people while you can't scream. Uh, it's pretty cool. Oh, that's good. Um, <laughs> I love really fairy good. tales too. So yeah, <laughs> you know, so that that great. was that was a pretty cool episode. Um, season two it introduces Spike, um, which is like James Martis, which is like I am amazing. familiar with Spike. Yeah, yeah and um, it's also Bad Angel, um, you know, a spoiler alert. Not yeah. That's the season where Buffy sleeps with her boyfriend for the first time and he turns evil. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, so, uh, you Is know, it, 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 yeah, pretty much. And Spike, and, yeah. All right. All right. Um, uh, okay. You know, so <laughs> it's a terrible teenage years. So, um so there's there's a lot of great things. Uh, five is weird. There's a Dracula episode, um, and then six is even weirder. I, it does kind of goes off the rails because Buffy actually dies at the end of season six, um, comes back oh, no. in seven, and then there's an eighth episode. And it kind of from season seven and eight kind of go off the rails, but season seven has the once more with feeling episode. That's the musical episode. Uh, which oh. is actually really funny. Um, you also have I'm one of my favorite actors, Anthony Stewart Head, plays her mentor Giles, who eventually will go on to star in Repo the Genetic Opera, uh, which is a part he was meant to play. Uh, you know, it was written for him even. Uh, so, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's written for him. Yeah, okay. it was. 
so and sure. you know Willow, and it, it, I just think that it, it it's it's a really good pandemic binge. So eight seasons of awesome. fun. So what is your recommendation? Okay, I um I went back and forth on a couple before I finally noticed that um, apparently HBO has unlocked their streaming service for people right now online. You don't have to have a subscription to watch a lot of um, their shows that are on. And just looking at some of their – if you're in the mood like um, for something fun, like to get your mind off, like I was thinking of The Good Place, like um, I'm not really – someone that watches a lot of uh, comedy, that's kind of the genre I lack the most on, but what am I latch on to when I do, and I just have to say that I finally settled on Veep to tell people to watch, because Veep? It's, uh, it's, it, it's hilarious. Yes, and it will take your mind off things. It's one of the funniest, like, every line in Veep from every character, I don't know if you watch it, but uh, if Mm-mm. you watched it now that it's sadly over, it, it the first season like you said with Buffy, isn't exactly as good as the rest of it. So you kind of got to hang in there. But once they find their footing in Veep, pretty much near the end of the first season, it, you've got so many character actors. I'm, I'm forgetting the names of, of a lot of these guys, but I know Gary Cole shows up. Uh, Hugh Laurie shows up. Um, Tony Hale's on there. The girl that played, I'm forgetting her name, but when she was younger, she was in My Girl. She was My Girl. Uh, um, but it's, it's, but they are all just like the, and of course Julia Louise Drive. But they're all the the quippiest, funniest people, and there's a lot of other uh, comedic faces that that are just pros. And it is it, it's got some of the meanest dialogue I've ever heard in my life. Some of the, like the craziest insults that you would never say in the workplace that they just throw around in government, and it's got this kind of. In just kind of real cynical, uh, uh, funny take on the people that run this country uh, that, you know, is probably truer than some people would care to admit that, you know, they're just kind of the idiots maybe running things. And it's just, it's really funny. Uh, these people are all like the worst people. And right now I just have been thinking more of like more fun things that aren't necessarily quite as heavy as some stuff I would normally watch just to laugh or, you know, be scared, something more Something that's just a little more uh, like junk food, I guess. But uh, beef's smart. But anyway, uh, it's it's great, and all, it's all I can really say is it's just really, really funny. And I think there's five, maybe six, maybe more seasons of it. It went on for a, a while, so you know, get past that first season, and it, and it gets a lot funnier. Great. Um, we have a caller, Steve. Whoa. Yay! So, awesome. So let's call them up. So, uh, area code seven three four. You're on with the Repo Nerds. Can you hear me? Hello. Yes, Hi. I can. Yay! Hi. Hello. It's Jamie. Like you all know. Hi, me. Jamie. Hi. How you doing? Hey. What's up? Yeah. Thank, thank you for what calling. How are you Yay. doing it's during been... the uh, mild apocalypse? Wonderful. <laughs> I've colored. Like 9,000 coloring books, and my cat has no hair because I pet her to death. Good time. <laughs> I, I honestly think our pets are going to get us through this. Maybe that's what you need, Steve. You need a pet. I do. I need a new pet. Our, our, my, it's just it's so sad. My cat died, I was going to say. Aww. But, uh, I, need, I need a new Aww. I need a new kid. He was, it was like a year ago. It wasn't, it wasn't you know, I've oh, okay. grieved. I've, I've moved on. 
Yeah, I, I mean, okay. I, you know, I just need a new one. You're good. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, so Jamie, what do you have a binge recommendation for the uh, uh, for the moderate apocalypse here? Um. Yes, but I I don't want to give a final answer yet. <laughs> so okay, I'm gonna. I've not seen Buffy, so I'm going to take that and watch it. I've seen the movie, which I don't think is anything like the series, right? Not really, but I love both for different reasons. And Luke Perry, oh my God! Which, by the way, I was really happy to I see do him love in. That movie. Yeah, I was so happy to see him in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's funny, every time I see Luke Perry now, I just, and my husband too, he, we both look at him and go, aww. aww. <laughs> We're so sad he's dead. It uh, is. You know, it's really, I mean, it's funny. Like, like, there's so many, I don't know why Luke Perry one is the one that makes us so Because he was Dylan. Oh, yeah, he was, I mean, he was like the James Dean of this, you know, <laughs> when I was a kid, that's how people looked at him. I just think of him on that motorcycle, and yeah. he was like the fountain of youth. Uh, yep, <laughs> that bastard. <laughs> right. So, um, so I'm going to watch Doctor Who, what is it, Doctor Who? I've never seen any of that, so Me I'll either. be trying that. Yay, there you go, there's an idea. But that's not, like, horror-y, I guess. Is it? I think it can get a little scary sometimes. Somebody told me that. I don't know, but I don't think it is all the time. Maybe Elizabeth knows. Is Elizabeth on here? Okay. Jamie, you still there? Maybe not. I'm still here. Oh no, yeah, she she got dropped. She'll be, I'm sure she'll be back in a second. But okay. so, yeah, Doctor Who is something I've seen one episode of Doctor Who, and that Which was one did I you see? just the premiere with Jodie Comer. I was like of all times oh, to watch okay. it, and I you know I, I thought it was all right. So I didn't everything with I, that. I don't even know which season that is. Is that the original original? No, are you going that far back? See, I I wouldn't I don't, even I know where know. to begin to go that far back. Well, I, I think there's like question. one. I think there's one consistent show that you can maybe binge through Netflix that keeps going up till now. That's maybe a decade old. Wow, that's that's where I would start. That's but um, I'm no expert on Doctor Who. Maybe somebody else out there can help you I out on that. That seems. You know Kathleen Marshall, in our group. I do. Yeah. She um she posted for me a thread and there are tons of comments on there. And I think they do go further back than the decade one, so I'm I'll decide which one to start with maybe from there. <laughs> we'll see. It seems like you're working on a thesis almost. It's like uh I saw where CBS All Access has every Star Trek series and I've never really wow. dove into that. I know, right? I was like, man, I was can you imagine a quarantine Every Star Trek episode, every series binge, and I've never, like I said, I've seen some of the movies, but you know, that's about it. Yeah, that's like that's a major undertaking, I would say. Yeah, oh, I think I would come can out you hear me? Hey, yes, hi. Hey, I'm sorry about that. I got kicked out of the system, so I didn't do it. Is it shocked, because I called but... in? <laughs> Uh, no, I have no idea. It's Slap Talk. This happens at least, what, once a week? Once a show? It happens. Practically? Oh, 
such annoying. Anyway, I'm back, and I'm sorry I missed everything. So, um, well, sum up real quick. Where are we at? We saw while you were gone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's it. We're we're all going out. Yeah, it's it's all solved. No, uh, we were talking about Doctor Who. She was wondering what's a good place to start. Um, I recommend starting with um, the tenth with with the fourth doctor. Is that the tenant? The tenant? Tom Baker. Okay. Okay. So that was the doc. That was the doctor. He's got the longest run of 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 episodes and the most variants and and some of the more famous uh, companions. So I would start with um with with, with the fourth doctor with Tom Baker. Okay. Be easy, uh, Elizabeth. I told you, Elizabeth, would know. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, you know, if you want to start with the modern one, a lot of people it could some of the, we'll be the first to admit that some of the special effects in the earlier episodes was pretty hokey. Um, I would recommend mm. starting with Eck, with Kristen with Chris, uh, Christopher Eccleston, uh, which is one before Day of the Tenet. Um, he only had six episodes, but Rose was introduced in those episodes and. Um, um, so is John Berriman's character, the captain, who eventually goes on to do Torchwood. Um, so, oh, um, John Berriman. Yeah, so I recommend starting with Eck um, for the modern ones. But Tom Baker for the original and Eck for the modern version. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, which, uh, which one was there? I, I don't know if there were multiple ones, but the one episode I've seen had, I think they're called the Weeping Angels, where you like have to look at them or they'll come and like, eat oh, you. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Those are the modern ones. First of all, weeping angels are terrifying. Um, and it right? I believe, yeah, and I believe those are da- the start with David Tennant, right? I believe those are David Tennant episodes. That is so, a clip I have seen, and that is David Tennant. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Tennant. So I'll go back before that then. Yeah. One one doctor before David Tennant. Go to Chris Chris Eccleston. He has actually, even though he's only got a few episodes, he's actually one of my favorite doctors because he's. A little different than the rest of the doctors. That doctor went through the Gaelic apocalypse and is the last of his kind. So it's a little bit different than the other doctors. He's a little darker. He's the emo doctor. (laughs) Well, that's cool. I like I like the sound of that. What about Mount Smith? What about Mount Smith Smith, though? He's he's perfectly good doctor. Just keep going through okay. the tenant right through Matt Smith. Just, you know, if you want to do the modern one, start with that and just go all the way through. There you go. Is there a lady a lady doctor now? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the last one, and uh, she she has what one and a half seasons under her belt now. I got to see her at. Um, San Diego Comic Con two seasons ago. That was really neat. Um, so oh, cool. yeah, there's. The lady Doctor Who, and she's perfectly good Doctor Who, and she's an excellent choice. Jodie Ben, yeah, so that's awesome. Uh, you know, I, I I had no issues with a female Doctor Who, though I do have a little bit of an issue with a female James Bond. Uh, I think it's yeah, that's just, Idris Elba would be amazing. I I've been saying that since I first uh, saw Luther a few years ago. I just think he'd be great. I think so too. So I mean, I I I, I was never a negative about Daniel Craig ever. I thought Daniel Craig was. I I, I want to watch an. I saw a film a few years before he got the job as Dob called Layer Cake, 
And, and oh, yeah, it's a great movie. Great movie. Yeah. And so I knew it was the of the dub bond of like, I saw this movie. He's going to be perfect. You know? So, yeah, I think so, he is perfect. Yeah. So I, I, I he's a really strange, that's, he's not as like, like dead in there as some of his predecessors, Daniel Craig, but I right. think he's a total <laughs> badass. So it's cool. Well, yeah, thank I think you, he's got Jamie, for edge calling. Yeah, well, Connie, thank you for listening. One thing that it's not bingeable, but it's uh, available right now. It's called Bloodlines, and it's got Stifler, and it was, I just watched it. It was really freaking good. good. Yeah, he plays against type as like a serial killer, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I believed his crazy ass. I liked it. Yeah, yeah, he he sells it really well. Excellent. It would make a good double feature with Mr. Brooks. Anybody oh, remember right? Mr. Brooks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's well, thank, thank you, Jamie. We're going to talk about our our uh, first lesson now. So if you want to right. you're welcome to do that. So um, um, thank you, which Jamie. One, Jamie, before you go, which one of us should go first? Should, should he talk about dogs first or should I talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Um, it doesn't matter. I'm going to try to listen to all of it, but I'm going to hang up and then go back into the blog radio. So it might take a second. All right. Well, you have a good one. See you, Jamie. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Elizabeth. One second, I'm not sure I'm still in the air. Okay, I am still in the air. I wasn't sure. I don't hear any. All right, uh, yeah, uh, so my pick, uh, the film that was recommended to me from Elizabeth, uh, while she handles a little bit technical stuff, was uh, the recently recently passed Master of Horror, Stuart Gordon. Uh, I have always been a huge Reanimator fan and a... From Beyond fan, you know, a lot of his more Lovecraft adaptations, um, and I really am not sure if I even was aware before he died and I looked at his full filmography if he had anything to do with dolls. Uh, it came out in 1987, and it may feel like it's kind of a um, puppet master type film just by the marketing and the poster. That's what I always thought. But going into it, I discover it's a completely different type of movie. It's an adult fairy tale. Um, The real kind of like... I think I'm back on. You are back on. I'm I'm back back on. Okay. We're back on. That's great. We're both here. I hope there's still people with us. I do too. I was, I was, I was just floating in deep space. Terrifying. I felt so alone. Both guys dropped. I got dropped, and then I saw you get dropped, and I'm like, no, I wouldn't let me call back in. I didn't think it. I was afraid of that. Yeah. So here I am. I was just floating out on my own. I didn't feel normal. All right. So let's talk about dolls first, because I'm sure we're going to have a lot more to talk about it once upon a time in Hollywood, because there's a lot to unpack there. Um, So so you've seen a lot of Stuart Gordon movies, but you had never seen dolls. 
Nope. I always avoided that movie. Like I said earlier, a minute ago, I don't know if you could hear me, but uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't realize that was, I remember the, the, the case from my childhood video store and whatnot, but I, I uh, never knew it was a Stuart Gordon film till he died. Which I told you. So that was, was it. Yeah. yeah. When you were <laughs> like, Hey, watch dolls, man. It's awesome. Because and then it is, I just, you know, from the marketing of that movie, the poster, uh, just growing up, um, it just seemed like uh, another Puppet Master film, which I think a lot of people may think that it, you know, was. But it's a different type of movie. That's that's for sure. And I don't. It's got uh, the the great haunted kind of house feel to it. Uh, I think that the settings are, are really pretty and you know very well shot and look great. It's got a very almost gothic feel to it, but it's uh, more fairy tale. And the uh, um, I, uh, the old the older couple in the film that own the house they're great, uh, and a lot. This I feel really bad for uh, the little girl in that movie. Actually, her her dad and his uh, wife are so mean um, that you, I almost didn't feel bad for these characters when like um, I, I kind of thought it was a funny. Uh, but also surprisingly brutal kind of murder scenes when they happen there. Um, and uh, it does kind of, Stuart Gordon always kind of goes sometimes big with things. And he has that, there's a couple of reveals in the movie, like the, the girl with the baby doll head and the whole, um, where she's under the covers and he's, he's trying to wake her up in bed and, and she's just bleeding out, you know, and, I thought a lot of that stuff uh, did feel like Stuart Gordon, and um, I just I was I was pleasantly surprised with it. I thought it was a, I think it's a really good uh, addition to any, especially horror fans kind of uh, collection, and should check it out. I I I absolutely adore this movie. It's absolutely it's on my <laughs> top ten favorite horror films. I think it's number four or number five um, on my list. Uh, I. That's a serious look, too. Yeah. uh, I'm not going to take anything away from Reanimator. That is a fun fucking movie. I have the sign poster downstairs. Um, Stuart Gordon was one of the first people I met at a horror convention, one of the first canned pictures I ever took. Uh, That's such a great... I'm a huge fan of Stuart Gordon. But I love Alice Moore. I love Dolls more than Reanimator. I, I, I think it's pitch perfect almost all the way through. I've I, I, always had a soft spot for, for fairy tale horror, and this is probably the penultimate fairy tale horror film. I mean, you've got the dark and stormy castle, and uh, you've got killer dolls and, and uh, witches, and, you know, it's everything right. you would want in a fairy tale. Um, you know, and 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 also the, the villains are blurred though, which makes it different than other films because the witches aren't necessarily bad guys. Right, they're not. They they're, these, they're kind of the moral arbiters of the movie. You know. Yeah, they they, they are. They're, they they are they they punish the wicked. They're that kind of of witch. Um, and um, uh, there's a, some. You want some trivia about this movie? Absolutely. Now, some of this is relatively common knowledge, but it's always good to remind people. First of all, this is obviously yeah. a Charlie Band film from the Empire era, which is when he had oh. a bunch of movies in a row. 
Um, and uh, Brian Usna, who's on a direct society, which is a reclaimer's episode, by the way, um, uh, directed, he did this movie and he did, uh, uh, what was it, uh, Reanimator and From Beyond. And these, those three films were shot back to back to back. Uh, Reanimator was first. I believe Dolls was second, and From Beyond was third, so Dolls came out third because Dolls had more effect shots because the stop animation in that movie. Puppet Master movies are a little on the cheap side. They did not skimp on the stop animation for uh, Dolls. And um, when no, it kind of came out, and Dolls and From Beyond were shot on the, in the same house, by the way. Well, that's crazy. Yeah, That's so, really cool. so those three films are really, like, you really should have them on a shelf together because they, they kind of are the indicative of the pinnacle of what Charles peak of his success. And Stuart Gordon was right there, the one making him look good. Anytime Stuart Gordon collaborated with Charlie Brand, Charlie Band ended up looking great. So Oh, it definitely. Looks great. I mean, I mean, he went on to do Castle Freak also, you know, and, uh, and oh, Dagon, right? Film, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, uh, so, and uh, I also love Carolyn Freak Gordon, who I also met his wife, who's absolutely the most villainous woman in this movie. <laughs> she's like, oh, oh that's Stuart Gordon's wife? That's Stuart Gordon's wife, yeah, uh, Carolyn Gordon. Oh, okay, um, all right. And, um, and then, which one? I think it's Cassie Stewart. Is that the right one? The one that uh, has the eyes ripped out, the girl in that sequence. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She is the girl from the Take On Me uh, video. I did read that. I thought that was really cool. I did see that. Yeah. I, yeah. That's the, yeah. So, that, that, that scene actually kind of scared me a little bit. I was like, whoa, wow. I didn't expect that. <laughs> Yeah, it, I mean, they, they went to it on the cover, but the, the actual execution in the movie is, like, way more freaky. Matter of fact, I actually, I'm not afraid of dolls, and I find these dolls. This is why I like this movie. I'm still creeped out by it. I love it. I've watched it many times. I love the score. The score is amazing. Oh, yeah. When that happens, uh, keep going because I'm having some okay. terror right. again. I will do my It best. is such a pain in my ass, I swear. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! Gonna to, we're gonna keep going though. Hopefully this will work. We're gonna um, soldier through. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna soldier on through. Uh, so we will get a little faster. But anyway, uh, so uh, so where where do you put this film in your mind? Okay, I think that if I would have grown up with this movie when I was watching it, and a lot of times I, if I see a movie that, I, you know, I would file this movie under movies I should have seen. Uh, and that's because I often feel that an emotional connection, sometimes now I have a harder time developing emotional connections with movies uh, than I did with movies that I've watched forever. And I guess that's normal, but Dolls, I feel like, didn't necessarily grab me the way when I watch reanimator grabs me, but I'm also into more like uh kind of mad scientist 
uh, I'm into more of the themes in Reanimator a little bit more than I would say I'm into uh, the the theme or tone of, tone of dolls. But I think it's great. Um, I think it also just is another example of Stuart Gordon kicking ass in a million different ways. And I would definitely recommend it to anybody that, like you, loves a good horror fairy tale or has to see every killer doll film and it's because it's going to surprise people and probably give them something they weren't expecting. So, yeah, I think that I don't think there's really much wrong with this film. I think it pretty much knocks what it's doing out of the park. I kind of wish my friend Emily Intervia was calling in. Uh, she's from the Feminine Critique. Uh, she, this is one of her favorite films as well, and she sometimes does introductions in New York at the Alamo Draft House for it. Oh, and cool. So, uh, I'd love her to come in, call in, and talk about. Um, she's been on the show on on Sexy Witches a couple of times about dolls that and how much awesome. she loves this movie. So. Um, my friend made me the, the red doll from the cover as a crochet doll. I have it downstairs, yet she's never oh, actually awesome. seen the film. She's terrified of dolls, even though she makes them for a living, which is kind of funny. Wow. Uh, yeah, that so, is crazy. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I like it. it. I mean, honestly, though, if you're watching Reanimator or Dog or, or From Beyond, you really should just binge those three films together because they really are a set. And the, yeah, and I, just to think that I mean, you know, I a lot of people are lucky enough to have one cult classic under their belt, and, and to some degree or other, so much of what Stuart Gordon did resonates with a lot of people. And I think those three films right there, just bang, 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 right in a row. That's pretty. It's it's pretty impressive feat in itself. Yeah, it really is, and you get two of them. You have Jeffrey Combs in. I mean, and then one of them I love has Jeffrey uh, Combs. You know, yeah, so it, it, it's it's wonderful. Um, and uh, so let's change gears. All right. All right. So we can change. So I was talking about one of my favorite films, and so now I don't know what's funny. Your favorite film. It came in at number one on your on your top ten list, right? One or two. Yep. Yeah, number one. It was so, one. It, it, I think it was one. I think it was one. I'm pretty sure you had it at number one. So um, Yeah, I'm almost positive that I had it at number one. The film I watched over the weekend for Every Film Nerds was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 2019, directed by Clinton Hancock, Oscar for production design. Uh, right? Was that right? It was least nominated. Yep. So, um, uh, so I, as a Gen uh, Xer, as all of us are, we all basically came of age with Quentin's and Tarantino movies, uh, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction in particular. I saw Pulp Fiction a couple of times in the theater. Uh, that That's amazing. Yeah, um, and, uh, you know, and then you move on. Now, I, I will be first to say I don't always, even though I love Quentin as a voice of my generation, though, I don't love all of his movies. I, I'm not particularly a big fan of the glorious bastards. Um, and, Are you uh, not? No, and I like Dango Unchained until the very end. Same with Hateful Eight. And Hateful Eight was one of those films where I really liked it until the very end, but the ending was so upsetting to me that it made me hate the rest of the movies. So, I, um, I, I agree with the ending on um, 
Hateful Eight. I don't like that ending at all either. Uh, and Hateful no, Eight. Django I, didn't bother me as much. No, I, there's only I one like, shot that bothers me in Django. Uh, but, like, but it's actually for the same reason. Actually, the both I think feel really exciting is the shot. But, um, oh, really? Uh, yeah, uh, but that's true. Uh, you know, I love uh, like Grindhouse. I saw that three times in the theater. Oh my gosh, I did too. That's one of the most. Yeah, I did too. I loved Grindhouse. I, I I went on my own. Then I took my dad, and then I took my friend Fernando. Like I was like, okay, we we got one week at this before it goes away. We're gonna watch as many times as we can. You know, that's exactly right. That. I'm sure I was like one of six people that paid most of the time to go see Grindhouse this year. So I love QT. I don't always love his movies. Um, but I will say I did like this one a lot better than Hateway. Um, but I do have some issues oh, yeah. with it. A, a lot oh, yeah? of issues with it. Yeah. I'm um, curious. Um, first of all, though, I want to say a lot of good things because there is a lot okay. of good things. DiCaprio should have gotten an Oscar over Brad Pitt. Yeah, absolutely. It was the reverse day. It was completely different. Yeah. Uh, production design, well-earned Oscar. Um, and oh, I yeah. knew it was going to anyways. Uh, the the sure. casting is incredible. I mean, you've got Margot Robbie and Timothy Oliphant, Luke Perry. I mean, you can go on and on. Uh, the guy who played Steve McQueen had huge holes to fill. Um, and oh, Damien he Lewis. Pretty damn good job. Uh, he I, did. I really, really, the one thing he had was, was so awesome and memorable. Um, you know, okay, I understand seeing why the Bruce Lee family was a little upset at the Bruce oh Lee sequences, but I actually took it as like like they do on Entourage, where they play more evil versions of themselves. And that's what right. she was doing with Bruce Lee. That wasn't really Bruce Lee. That was more of a dramatic interpretation of Bruce Lee for the narrative right. reasons, because they wanted to establish that Brad Pitt's character could fight and hold his own against the real martial artist. That's come back to play later, um, especially with amazing throwing skills. Maybe they should have toned down the rhetoric on Bruce Lee. Uh, Bruce Lee would not have spoken like that. I kind of agree with the family there. Because um, I, yeah. I love Enter the Dragon is one of my favorite action pictures. So oh, it's, I, you know, has, it's, it's got John motherfucking Saxon in it, you know. That's true. <laughs> yeah. It does. That's the path yeah. right there. It's a yeah. Thing. Yeah. So uh, you know, so I, I I have mixed feelings about the appearance. Now the guy who played him looked really fucking good. Like yeah, you yeah. know, he looked just like him, and that was cool. Um, let's see, um, what else I liked about it? I liked Margot Robbie play as Sharon Tate going to see her own movie. 
I thought that oh, was yeah, really sweet. And it's funny because I'm pretty sure I've seen that movie. Like, I'm positive the I've crew. seen Yeah, The Wrecking Crew. I, I, if I've I never had seen that movie, I saw a version of it. I'm pretty sure I saw that film. Um, like, I remember those scenes. So <laughs> I was like, okay. I've never seen it. I need to see it. <laughs> Here's where I find that and QT has been doing this for the last few months. So I find his movies with part of my vernacular. It's like he's standing in front of the camera and laughing off. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, and, 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 and I appreciate it some because he's rich enough now that he can laugh off on camera and no one gives a fuck. At the same time, it's like, you know, like, you know, he's always had, for example, his foot fetish, okay? Kind of famous. Uh, I know it's there. Oh, yeah, this yeah. time, it was so over the fucking top, dude. It Learned really was. Dirty it was distracting. Feet, which, no, oh, one would yeah. like that in the movie theater when they're watching their film. They would drift their feet over the seat next to them, people. We know that. They wouldn't put their feet in the view so you can't see them. Uh, you know, the girls are putting their feet up on Brad Pitt's stash, and, you know, and, and there are, you know, lots of <laughs> shots of feet walking, which is okay. The feet walking yeah. part is more like the PP. Really, really. I mean, it, it, it's just death <laughs> He needs to take it back a notch on the feet. Bed. Really, I'm not, I'm not shaming the kink. I'm not shaming the kink. No, it's feet. fine. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not shaming anyone. I, I agree with you, though. I when I rewatched it, especially the last time I rewatched it, just last week as well, uh, it was distracting. Yeah, uh, it is. That's um, it's distracting, and, and so I found yeah. the whole scene. Thing. Both Paul and I were like, no. Now I absolutely adored the sequences where they were shooting the western. I think that was my favorite scenes in the whole movie. Uh, where they yeah. got to actually pretend like they were on a on a set and and, and that that fringe coat is just and the way that Leo looks in those scenes so that that part works. All of it. It's so good. Yeah, that's part. the best. It's fun. It's a fun film. It's it's definitely a fairy tale film. So which brings oh, yeah. us to the ending, which we should discuss. Spoiler alert, if you have not know anything about the Manson family or this movie, go watch the movie, go read about Manson, and come back because it matters. Um, all right, that's being really said. does. How do you feel about the end of the film? Um, well, I think we're going to part ways here because I, 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 I can tell you why I loved it. Um, I like the ending because I hate the Manson family for one, and I hate Charlie Manson, and I, I, I don't like the Charlie Manson obsession that um, a lot of my a lot of people I know have. Um, um, and it's just, he is a figure in pop culture that we can't erase. And, um, and I think this also goes back to, you don't really like Inglorious Bastards. And, and I do where he, uh, spoiler alert, um, but you're late to the party on this one. He, you know, in World War II um, in a movie theater, um, I felt this was really um, kind of the same. He's doing the same thing here with that. And um I really, the end of it I thought was really sweet after all the violence and mayhem. And I just always think to myself, man, what if that's what really would have happened that night and Sharon Tate, you know, would have been okay. And I, I don't know, maybe that's a little exploitative. I'm sure it is. But um, at the same time, I don't know. I find it weirdly moving as ridiculous as it is. 
um, because I just I uh, I just I, I get a kick out of it may sound cruel but I do get a kick out of seeing Brad Pitt kill these kind of characters of those kids um, you know even if they are kind of cartoonish um, it just I, I think it really works but I, I did notice after especially after the first time when it came out a lot of people have problems with that ending seems to be seems to be kind of split okay so I I I know there's, there's some what if thing happening. What if they went to the house right. next door where the action picture star and the stuntman hung out and drank a lot of drinks? What would happen if that happened instead of them going to Sharon Tate's house? Uh, that would right. that's the ego that's going on here. I didn't take that part of it because, yeah, the, the chances are that they went to a different house was pretty fucking high. However, it was Charlie Manson knew the previous owner, and that's why they targeted that house in the first place. They even mentioned it. That's true. Um, yeah, the Terry, uh, whatever that guy's name is, he may even ask for him, right? Yeah. Yeah. I Earlier on when, that, yeah. I, yeah, they, they did. They asked, Charlie Manson's in it for like one scene. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and it's played by the guy who played Charlie Manson in another movie I saw. So uh, that oh, came and, out. Oh, and Mindhunter. Yeah, and, and Mindhunter. Mindhunter that's it. Too. Yeah, so yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's true. Um, that part was cool. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. I didn't hate the ending like I did in Glorious Bastards. Okay, like like I thought that the you know the the Glorious Bastards was definitely like the revisionist history. This is definitely revisionist history. But I didn't love it either because I was like, okay, well, it's not what really happened. And I thought QT once again, the whole point of that is he just wanted to kill the girl who killed Sharon Tate with a, with a, with a, a dog. I love that dog. He's so cute. <laughs> Brad Pitt's dog deserves a fucking Oscar. Like, that dog, his performance is the best in the movie. <laughs> that dog, dog was so awesome, much. right? It was a great fucking dog. Um, but yeah, really, yeah. he just wanted to kill what's her name, bitch face, the one that stabbed uh, Sarah yeah. K to death with a dog. I, I, I'm positive that's why he did that scene because he really, really made us watch her get mauled. Like, yes, he did. Too. I mean, granted, very uncomfortable. The, the dog it only gets the assist, and the end, Leo gets the shot, gets the gets the win on that one. But uh, you know, so I yeah. think that that's what that was for. But it is interesting because at the end of the film, he goes has the three next door neighbors, which were Sharon Tate and her three friends, who were all murdered, by the way, by the Manson family. People right. don't know that. Um, I actually, when Sharon Tate's voice came across the security intercom at the end of the movie, <laughs> I got really emotional. I did like, too. I, that's where I always. That's where it gets me. I I, I can't it, really it, maybe explain it. I can. I think. I think this is why Quentin did this. And he feels, and I feel the same way. Roman Polanski is one of the most inspiring directors in my life. I love his movies. I love what he did. I love his vision. Rosemary's Baby might be best dream sequences I've ever seen in a movie. I feel like lost them. Uh, Yeah. Agreed. Not to excuse Roman Polanski's behavior later. But if Sharon no, no. Tate and the pregnant, it was, who was, by the way, almost nine months pregnant when she was murdered. Yeah. So the baby died I mean, it's just too. horrific. Like, it's just horrific. What if, 
What if Sharon Tate survived? What if Roman Polanski never made that terrible mistake later on at Jack Nicholson's house? What if? What if none of that happened and Roman Polanski is treated like we treat Stanley Kubrick or any of those other people? Would, yeah. I would be very, it would be a, it just would be a world that, like I said, and I'm also not excusing what happened um, um, later on, but uh, it would be a much better world because uh, growing up, I, I have to stop myself from saying, I've, I've actually come around to just saying it again, but I, I have to, you know, there's, there has to be, you feel like an asterisk or you have to get ready to defend when you admit that maybe Polanski is your favorite filmmaker. As I, you know, I've gotten into a lot of, I've probably lost friends because of that argument, but um, yeah, it would be a much happier, happier world. I feel like. But, you know, what? here's the thing, Quentin Tarantino movies, they're all produced by Harvey Weinstein. Am I supposed mm-hmm. to judge the movie based on the producer? I don't know. Now, it's a little bit of a because he's the director, so obviously he's more hands-on sure. the films. But sure. I, I can't say that the films suck. They don't. No, they're so good. <laughs> he might suck. They're so he good. might suck. Yeah, he, yeah. he might yeah. suck. There's a very good um, probability that, that he, he, he sucks, you know, so I'll give people that. Well, That's so fine. Woody Allen, and nobody stops him from writing I also um, really like a lot of his work, and uh, no, but yeah, it's it's it, there's there's well, but you know, I I understand, uh, I do understand, um, you know, but it just the sometimes I feel that some people are allowed to get away with bad behavior that no one ever seems to call them on, but you know, well, there are popular there, and there's some controversy with with this movie too, with Hollywood with QT, because how much does mm-hmm. QT because QT was the darling of Miramax, how did how much did he know? We know Brad right. Pitt knew. We actually know for a yep. fact Brad Pitt knew because he actually defended Gwyneth Patrol, who he was dating at the time, from him. That that's on record. Right. You know, so we know uh, Ben Affleck you know, knew. We know we knew a lot of these guys knew. Now, I mean, now the question is disclosure. Um, you right. know, these you know these women's careers were a lot of them were ruined. Your Sabino, oh, yeah. for example, his career was ruined. Just ruined. It was Harvey Weinstein. I mean, would have the men suffered as well if they had came forward in that era? Who knows? I, I don't know what the hindsight would say, but I, I'm i not going to put dismiss the films that made me who I am because one asshole is, is, is spoiling the barrel for me. Um, does that make exactly. any sense? Oh no! Um, it, 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 to me, that's that's the conclusion that I have come to after wrestling with it for a long time. Um, you know, uh, some people are just going to react the way they're going to react towards you. If you, you know, I, even if I share out, like I'd say, just a still image from, you know, uh, Repulsion, which is one of my favorite movies, or something. It all, you know, it can always draw somebody out that's upset. And I get it. If you're upset, I'll let people say what they want to say. But at the end of the day, I still it, that movie and Rosemary's Baby and a lot of his work means a whole lot to me. Uh, I mean, I was taught repulsion in school. In my high school, right. they showed it to us because it was the best, one of the most interesting viewpoints. A movie from a viewpoint of a woman at the time was very unusual, especially with man directing. And, uh, you know, exactly. and, and, and uh, here we have this. So, you know, maybe the world would have been, maybe Hollywood would have been a better place if the Manson family made that mistake. And I think that's what. He was hoping that you know that that 
we didn't go down the way it did, but it did go down that way. You know, Sharon, he died, her daughter died, um, you know, her, you know, her friend died, her ex-husband died, and her boyfriend and his Mm -hmm. girlfriend died. They all died. (laughs) They all died. Viciously. (laughs) This is brutal murder that still affects us to this day. I mean, you know, and Joey Manson. Oh, my God. You know, I, I think that's been so I understand how QT feels, and I think that's why I will, I, I give the ending more. I, I'm not fully giving it 100% pass, but I am giving it a pass, if that makes any sense. More than you'd give Bastards a pass, right? More than I give Bastards a pass. Definitely more than I give Hateful Eight a pass. Oh, my oh God. God. QT needs to step down on the misogyny thing. He started to piss me off on that thing because he's, he's done some things that are absolutely terrible. Um, there's a lot of dialogue that Eli Roth says in that group, which I actually think is absolutely important and should have been cut. That's super misogynistic. There's a what, shot what's being super misogynistic? Um, Eli Roth has a, a, a dialogue sequence at the bar in Death Group at the Chili Bowl. Oh, it's the, awful. It's awful. And it, it, yeah, it's I know. absolutely one of the worst pieces of dialogue ever written. And, and it's on the Death Group soundtrack. And I always delete it when it's on my phone. Eli Roth, my God. Yeah, I, I don't that think that makes Eli me Roth. think of his. He's reading as written. You gotta remember that. He's reading that as written. That's true. That's true. Wow, improv in is very much like Robert Rodriguez allows a lot of free flow improv. QT does not allow that. He writes his script and right. follows his script. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, so he's reading as written. <laughs> and the jingle and chain uh, at the end of the movie, he shoots the. The woman, the wife of, of Leo, and and granted, she kind of had it coming. At the same time, it was played for laughs, and I didn't think that was appropriate because it was this odd. Laugh. Oh yeah, that's a very brutal, yeah. really violent scene. And of course, the hanging the woman in Hateful Eight. By the way, a woman who never murdered anybody. I want people to watch Hateful Eight again and watch me and, and realize that she actually not that she's innocent. But she never actually kills anybody in the movie That's or true. killed anybody before the film. So, um, and, and here they are, we're watching the two quote unquote heroes string her by the neck until she's dead, and they're laughing at her. Um, yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty bad. That scene is really I, hard I, to defend. I, I find that just awful. Other it's than pretty that, bad. I was kind of for it. I was kind of for it. Um, so, you know, so, so it's rough. Scene, I'm sitting here thinking about it. It's awful. Yeah, no, it's absolutely rough. And, 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 and so this actually made up for that. I actually was okay with this one. And I actually think this film is pretty fun. Does it need to be as long as it does? Eh, probably not. <laughs> I don't um, think so. Probably not. But, you know, and also, does he over fantasize his women? Do all the women in this movie just look like the most amazing women you've ever seen? Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. I mean, like Manson's, Manson's family is like the list of high, high, high I've ever seen. <laughs> I know. It was like, wow. I was like, I didn't know that they, it's, I've seen the Manson family before. They didn't exactly look like this. This is different. Uh, they were like, they were like a glamorous Manson family. Holy shit. It's true. Um, <laughs> it's a glamorous life, I guess. 
I do like how they were calling Brad Pitt an old man because technically, yeah, he is. He's in his fifties. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, Brad. Yeah. So technically, That's true. they still got it. I mean, they had that one scene where he took off his shirt on the roof. He and just takes like, off his shirt. Yeah, he just takes off his shirt. I'm like, all right, Brad, fifty-two. I got that. You got that. I got yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. He just. I lo- this is the whole purpose of that scene. He just climbs on that roof and slowly takes off his shirt and then lights a cigarette, staring into the sun. It's, it's yeah. you know, it's you can't, you know, you can't, why not? It's a classic Hollywood shot. It is a Hollywood film. Yeah. That's the thing. That's it true. is a fairy tale about Hollywood and the neon signs and the bandits drive in. There's definitely a nostalgic touch to this movie that it, I don't know if it completely burns yeah. it. Because um, Hollywood in the 60s was kind of scandalous. Or, oh, I'm sorry, it's the late yeah. 60s. Um, I think it's the Hollywood that is solely in his head. Yeah, it's it's the Hollywood he wishes it was. I think that is right. what this movie is about. Once again, he's standing in the camera and whacking off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's bad for that. But I completely validate that you would love this movie because it is a love letter to to the movie making experience and and that's true you know and and that man family was the loss of innocence of the Hollywood yeah. era, which is kind of what it's really about. Because like yeah, when the man's family killed Polanski's family like that, Hollywood never really fully covered. It, it fully, it, it, the Black Dahlia mur- murders, it kind of survived, but it never really recovered from Sharon Tate's murder. We're still talking about, I mean, there's there's constant movies, TV specials, you know, they, it, just, people still can't get enough of Charlie Manson. Yeah, I, I wish, I sometimes wish people would just ignore him, but, um, I, you know. Yeah. You know, but He may have lived all, sadly. Well, didn't he die finally? He died finally. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. But yeah. I just meant. And, sorry, I didn't mean that literally, actually. But no, oh, okay. he did die. No, he yeah. did so, die. I just the world is probably always going to talk about him as long as we're still here, I guess. Yeah. No. Maybe he's not. always going to be. He's always going to be on the serial killer's plane deck. You know, it's just kind of how it's going to work. You know. But but uh, I would recommend. Yeah, I I would definitely give Once Upon a Time a recommend. Not to everyone, but to people I know that would like it, I would definitely recommend it. And I know you recommend Dolls to the right people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So I recommend Dolls to anybody that likes a good horror film. Period. Yeah, it, it's it's a really fun film. So two good movies, yay. Um, so before we go Indeed. tonight, uh, Creepy Lovely just had their launch. That's true. Yeah, uh, just we got an article out on VFW, uh, Joe Vegas' new Fangoria produced film. Um, got an interview up and got a couple more things coming. So give us a like and a follow, please. Excellent. And um, there will be another uh, sexy witches. Usually they're on Wednesdays now in the season two, though. With the pandemic, things are been a little crazed. So bear with us. But tentatively, <laughs> the next day is in a week. That's on the Wednesday the eighth. I have no idea what the subject will be, but we are getting close to the Magazine Post, which will be in the next three episodes. So that's oh, wow. the deal, the final madness. That's exciting. Yeah. So, wow. Um, yeah. So we'll talk about that later. Uh, you can find me, Elizabeth Catherine Gray, the head huntress on Facebook. That's where I live. You can find at Sexy Witches and at Lethal Nerds on Facebook as well. We also have Twitter handles. 
under there. Um, we also have film groups, um, the Festi Film Geek Circle, the Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness, which is a contest in October, but year-round a horror fan group. And Rose Station, which is my science fiction uh, fandom group. So if you want to talk fandom, we have specialized groups. Festi Film Circle is more general. Uh, so please Great join us groups. there. Those are, those are the podcast fan groups. And uh, and if you have any questions, you can always uh, PM me on my Facebook profile. Cause, uh, now, I have honestly been posting a little bit more on the political side, but not really. I'm posting more about to document what's happening out there because I think documentation is really important. So I'm doing it through the yeah. eyes of, of my eyes and what I see when I'm, you know, so that's so bear with me on my on my Facebook page. It will pass because usually, as Steve knows, I like to talk about like fossils and dead graves. Yeah, it's markers. more comical of the times. I feel like. Yeah, I, I feel like, like it's more when I see it. Yeah. I like history stuff more, and that's usually what I post on my main profile. And mm-hmm. uh, but this but this time, I've been posting about the pandemic because. Well, we, it's the most important thing that's probably happened to us in a long time. So, you know, yeah. here we are. We always have the podcasts. There's always movies. We might not be able to go to theaters now, but we can still watch them at home. And we will pull your – if you need us to pull your geek card and assign you a film, we can do that. <laughs> we are the Repo Nerds restoring Geek one, Geek Cred 1 – or Nerd Cred 1. Geek, geek Cred. I blew my own soda. That's right. Thank you, Steve, for coming on the show tonight. And thank you, Jamie, for calling in. Woohoo, callers. Yeah, thank you, Jamie. Yeah, callers. yeah so um, we did tonight with uh, the Beach Boys Never Learn Not to Love, which was written by who? Mr. Steve Wandling? Oh, my gosh. I, I, don't, I don't even want to guess. I might get it wrong. I don't know. You wouldn't get Charlie Manson. Uh, yeah, it's um, ceased to exist. They changed the name of it. Oh, how did I, I? I feel. I feel. You knew that answer. You totally. Know I that. did know. <laughs> I, I I kind of stalled. Deer in the head. So, deer in the headlights. All right, so we'll be, we will get back to you sometime in the end of April, early May for Repo Nerds once again. Join Sexy Witches on the eighth, and uh, have a good night. Good film hunting, and guys, uh, stay at home and binge some movies. We'll talk to you soon. Good night, everyone. Good night. See ya.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.